Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Hello, everybody. It is Friday, October the 31st. Happy Halloween, and welcome to the Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle, and I'm in the house with Steve Say, <laughs> Mr. Bob Ryer. I never drink wine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> On the line with Miss Stephanie Cook. Booga booga. <laughs> and joining us, very special guest and studio host for the evening, Mr. Justin Townsend. I'm just going to say hello. <laughs> <laughs> very, Scary. very traditional. Oh. Traditional. Yes, That's and it. also terrifying, Stephanie, yes. Yeah. Hello is very terrifying. Vampires. Um, so it is Friday, a uh, very different day to be listening to the Talking Comics podcast, but um, I was still recovering on Tuesday from <laughs> um, my wedding on Sunday, so uh, we did not record on Tuesday night. But we wanted to make sure we had a show because, of course, this week of all weeks, Marvel decides to announce like 10 movies. Mm-hmm. One yeah, of we need to go, Marvel. One yeah. of which is like the, the talking comics spirit animal, so we could not, <laughs> yeah. could not, not talk about it this week. Um, so we're going to talk all about the Marvel movie slate and the DC movie slate um, uh, after we do, do some book discussion. Uh, I'm also going on my honeymoon on Monday, and I'll be gone for two weeks. So, oh my god! I know. So we're going to be going to re- do, Bobby. <laughs> That's a, well, I'm going to tell people what we're going to do, Stephanie. Oh, thank Ta-da. God. <laughs> Good segue. Uh, you're welcome. We are going to be actually this night that we're recording this show, which you're hearing on Friday. Uh, we're also going to be recording two extra shows for you guys. One of which is a listener questions show, and one of which will be a, a book club uh, about Hellboy: Seed of Destruction. Which wow. is wow. <laughs> you had no idea that was happening, Stephanie. It's crazy. You've got ten minutes just, to read it. Yeah. Did not see that coming at all. So uh, we're gonna do it in that order. So obviously you're hearing this show this week. Next week will be listener questions, and then the week after uh, we will be um, discussing Hellboy: Seed of Destruction. So if you guys haven't read it yet, you guys have two weeks to uh, read it, and oh. so you can listen along. And then we'll come back next week. And if you guys have any thoughts about it, we'll be our first show back, so we'll be able to talk about your thoughts on Hellboy. That was really clever as the well. Way you did that. Like an M. Night Shyamalan movie up in here. Yeah. <laughs> what a twist. <laughs> it's modern times. Okay, so we uh, so that's what we'll be doing. So obviously we'll be still answering tweets and Facebook. Uh, everyone uh, from the cast will be in order and the site will still be running, but I will be away. So there will be no uh, no podcasting going on. The whole Where are you going, Bobby? Yeah, I'm going to San Francisco. Uh, oh, lovely. So we're going to spend most time in San Francisco. And we're also going gonna... to put flowers in your hair. No. <laughs> Thank you, Barry <laughs> McGuire. Yeah, that's right. Um, Scott McGregor, actually. Going to San Francisco. We're also going to go up to wine country at least for a day. <gasps> of course you are. Napa, yes. uh, Sonoma, and then we're going to go down to L.A. for a day or two as well. Nice. Um, so we're going to drive down the Pacific Coast Highway. If you need oh. breakfast. Disneyland. 
and you're on the strip, mm-hmm. go to this place called The Waffle. Okay. It is spectacular. It's right next to the Ripley's, believe it or not. How did I not know that you were going to jump in with a breakfast recommendation? <laughs> oh, I got like at least four or five, dude. I love LA. <laughs> so, we're, uh, so we're heading there as well. Um, what'd you say, Stephanie, before? Disneyland. Disneyland. Oh, oh yeah, Disneyland. We're considering it, but we really only have like a day or a day and a half in LA, and that's kind of like an entire day. Mm-hmm. And she wants to see the sights. She's never been there and stuff. So we want to. Yeah, you want to like walk the strip and everything, see the stars on the street, the Chinatown Theater. It's like all the things that she wants to see, yeah. you just name them. Yes. yes. There is also, um, there's like a, a tram system, uh, like tube system that mm-hmm. will take you anywhere in and around that area you want to go really fast. Mm-hmm. It's faster than driving in a car or using cabs. Cool. Awesome. Not speed yep. of light. Yes. Not faster than the speed of light. No, that's, that's impossible. And try to hit an oxygen bar. They're delicious. <laughs> All things we'll keep on the list. All right. Um, so yeah, we're, we're going to try to walk the, uh, the Venice boardwalk to Santa Monica Pier. Mm-hmm. I think that's really a beautiful, beautiful thing to do. So all that stuff in San Francisco, we're just going to go around and do a ton of stuff. We have a lot of time, so going to be a going to be a good time. Um, Lots of good food in Frisco, my understanding. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're getting a burrito right away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, the wedding was this weekend, and uh, I just want to point out, I want to say thank you so much to Bob again oh, for his you. beautiful, wonderful ceremony they performed. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys listen to the, the special issue we put out on Wednesday, you guys can hear it in its entirety. So um, Bob deserves a lot of propers for, for that. Thank you so much. I was so honored that you guys asked. Well, it, it was, really touched me. It was everything we could have asked for. It was the most personal thing we could have ever done for our wedding ceremony. So we really appreciate it. Um, so fancy, Bob. So handsome. <laughs> and dapper. Well, thank you very much. I'll send you a check later. <laughs> But uh, And thank you, obviously, to Steve and Justin for coming and uh, celebrating with us. Absolutely. Um, it was a ball. It was a good, good it time. It was a good time. Yeah. Uh, Best wedding I've ever been to. Well, thank you I very much. I possessed the drunk lady, <laughs> so I was also there. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. But it was a lot of fun. We had, and we were a little concerned about our band because we love them, but they wear masks and they're a little bit out there. They were amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody loved them. Mm-hmm. The, to, the, to the youngest, to the oldest person in the place, they loved them. So it was good. It was good. I have to – I like want to find out where they are and go see them because every person I've talked to have been – I just mentioned the band. Yeah. yeah. Tomorrow night, they're playing at 89 North where a couple of us are going. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. We're there. And uh, I think they're also somewhere on Saturday as well. November yeah. 1st. Uh, Katie. Oh, wait, how Kate. could they not? Yeah. <laughs> they, they wear Mexican wrestler masks. Yeah. And, and just rock oldies that they make their own but still are yep. the originals mm-hmm. too. Which is, and that's not easy to do. That was yeah. just Old Man Wizard story. and Gimp Mask. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. the best version of Pina Colada I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> It was pretty great. They're pretty great, that song. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, was, it was a ton of fun. Um, and the whole night went by really in a blur, uh, but it was awesome. And thank you to everyone out there who said congratulations to me and everything. That was, it's, it's humbling for people you've never met before to congratulate you <laughs> on your wedding. So thank you guys uh, so, so much. Um, also this weekend, though, Stephanie, you, um, Melissa, Mara, Justin, and Rob uh, did some extra life marathoning. How did that go? I was so tired. <laughs> 24 hours is a very long time to be awake. Yes. And then I had to be awake for more hours after that. <laughs> so I was very tired. But um, sleepiness aside, I had a lot of pizza and a lot of junk food. And I'm going to be working it off for the next month. <laughs> um, and the fundraising itself went so, so, so well. I think in the end, we wound up raising over $1,500. Wow. Oh, yeah. Nice. Awesome. I want to say... Um, and like Melissa had originally, she was like, I, it's, it's going to be a stretch, but $500 is what we're asking for. And she was just like, ah, this is so cool. <laughs> and uh, we were donating to UF Shan's 
hospital in Florida. Um, and one of the workers there reached out to us because she saw that we were um, donating to the hospital. And she sent a big thank you and was just so um, over the moon grateful to us, which was uh, incredibly humbling and just kind of made the whole thing worthwhile. Uh, and we did a little, We Mara and Melissa did a live stream together first and then um, I hosted one with Mara and Melissa while they were playing Mario Kart and I was playing Costume Quest. Um, and if you haven't seen that, it's on my YouTube channel, I think, and I wear a terrifying cat mask. <laughs> is, and, that, is that the RPG where you're the little kids roaming around the streets? Yes. Oh, I love that yeah. game. The sequel just came out, too. There's yeah. another one. Yeah, it just came out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah. I, I hadn't played a lot of like my PSN games, so uh, the the whole extra life thing was my 24-hour span to kind of go through everything I had on there and just kind of rock it. And Costume Quest was, I think, bar none my favorite. That's awesome. I loved the first one and the DLC that came out yeah. for it. It's really yeah, charming. I, I didn't expect to love it as much as I did, um, but a lot of the PSN games were crazy fun. And I played this other one called... Uh, Tokyo Tokyo Jungle. Oh yeah, that game is crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. I was like uh it's like now you have to mate with either like the prime or the average or like basically the dirty animal. It's like now you have fleas from mating with this animal. <laughs> so wash off in some water or yeah. you'll get a disease. It's like post-apocalyptic like, like animals have like taken over the world type of thing and you have play as an animal. You yeah. play, like, in the first animal, you play as, like, a Pomeranian. <laughs> so you have to play this Pomeranian that's, like, taking down deer and shit. And it's just, like, <laughs> and it's, like, a ferocious Pomeranian. Um, and, yeah, and then you play as a cat and a deer, and you unlock all these other creatures and stuff. But that was a messed up weird game. <laughs> but I was weirdly addicted to it. You know, uh, I played Costume Quest from start to finish. Uh, and then... Tokyo Jungle definitely started to take over my life. And I actually played past the 24-hour mark because at the end I was playing Tokyo Jungle. So I wound up playing for like three extra hours. Because <laughs> I was just like, yeah! That's oh, awesome. Well. Justin, what did you play? Rob and me played Destiny from... Well, we played for a while. I couldn't play for 24 hours straight. My son wouldn't let me. Uh, but we started, I think, around like 2 o'clock and got off somewhere around like 2 in the morning, 2, 3 in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um... <laughs> Playing just playing Destiny, just playing Destiny. Oh, oh my god! Yeah, we played for a while. Uh, we started the raid that night um, with uh, some listeners of uh, Talking Games. Um, Jackie jumped in on that one. Um, we got to play. You know, the two of us were just in a fire team together, and then listeners would jump in and jump out. And Rob streamed a bit, and uh, yeah, we did a we did a lot of Destiny. <laughs> Awesome. Did Rob stay up late too? Or? Yeah, we were up. Yeah, he was up until I was. So that was like two thirty, three o'clock somewhere where I think we got off. Nice. Mara That's was incredible. smart and did like the. I think she did like nine a.m. till nine a.m. Mm -hmm. Like Melissa and I both started at like three p.m. <laughs> so like we went through the night and I stayed up. I think like I took a break around like seven a.m. Um, but like at like two a.m. Melissa's texting me. She's like, because I stopped tweeting because everyone was like asleep and no one was answering. <laughs> I was watching you guys tweet back and forth, and you were like, "Stay with me, stay <laughs> with me." And then she's texting me, and she's like, "I'm so sleepy. I'm just gonna." close my eyes for a minute and then like I didn't hear from her until like <laughs> like 9 a.m. <laughs> so 
It's like invasion of the body snatchers. You can't fall asleep. Yeah, no. What about those espresso jelly beans or whatever you used to eat or whatever? I it was. was eating those. I was. There like, you go. I was chugging like giant mason jars of tea, and then I had chocolate covered <laughs> espresso beans and um, nothing. I for some reason I ordered two pizzas and cheesy bread because I was eating <laughs> so much food. You need you need fuel for twenty four hours. You need constant fuel. Or like you, two, pizzas. Pizza. two pizzas. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes you got to do two pizzas. Uh, well, across twenty four hours, that's not awful. It's pretty bad. That would it put is. me in a food coma. Yeah, it's like yeah. four meals. Well, you don't eat. The, you don't eat them. You don't eat all like sixteen slices at one time. Oh, you got pizza no, in front no. of you. Well. How do you not do that? <laughs> that's you're true. a human being, finally, Justin. I finally ate all of the pizza. We all ate it yesterday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it was here for a few extra days. Awesome. It always gets better. Awesome. So that's a great <laughs> cause, and we'll we'll definitely do it again next year. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I will plan it better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I probably won't be having a wedding that weekend next year, so we'll be able to plan something a little better site-wide. Um, but yeah, that's you do, awesome. I consider eloping. Well, yeah, yes. If I get married again next year, we'll definitely elope. All right. <laughs> that's the plan. All right, so uh, let's move on. So, move on. so we're going to do, uh, instead of one book of the week, because it's been... I think it's been about three weeks since we've recorded yeah. like together uh, and done a books week. We're going to do uh, five lightning rounds, um, one for each of us, and they're going to be five minutes long. If there are any books that we're kind of all talking about, reading about, we'll uh, let the conversation spool out, but that's not to let things get out of control. <laughs> we're going to do five lightning rounds. Plus, we have three shows to record tonight, so yeah. if we don't if we ever want to go home. We're going to need to get through them. Um, so, well, yeah. So is Justin. Yeah, so is Justin. Good. Justin never wants us to leave his uh, his house. Oh, I see. Yeah, there you go. Hmm. Though this room is amazing. This is that was the first time you're here. Yeah, the, the paintings on the wall are spectacular. Great bookcase full of collected hardcovers. This is the it's a great room. Comic man cave yeah. right yes. here. Yeah, <laughs> this is my sanctuary. It's pretty awesome. I love this room. Um, all right, Bob. Let's start you out first. You've got a lot of books to talk about. No. Yes, not Bob's got like. Three weeks worth of pull lists in front of him to the dog. Here we go. Docking. All right, here we go. Lightning round. Go. Well, first of all, just because I always talk about Ms. Marvel, number nine was just another sensational issue. Just it's the book I look forward to every month. So that's the one. But moving on, New Avengers number seven, of course, in seven months' time runs out. But of course, still time to find great values in Pennsylvania real estate. Loki, Agent of Asgard, number seven. Uh, Loki and Doom trade insults. Valeria is really a big part of this issue. Mm -hmm. There is, of course, a very bad retcon of John Byrne's Doctor Doom arcade dust-up from 25 years ago. Who else remembers me? I don't care. Storm, number four. Uh, It's a death of Wolverine tie-in. So to grieve, Aurora has created a worldwide Aurora Borealis before she heads off to Vegas to tell Yukio about Wolverine's death. Spoiler alert. Yukio. What Storm doesn't know is Yukio is part of a crime cabal, desperate masterminds who settle their differences through giant combat with big mutant warriors and stuff. So, again, Greg Pack doing great work with Storm continues to get better. Amazing Spider-Man number eight. Kamala's part of this issue. It's an Edge of Spider-Verse thingy. Uh, The Kamala part is great. The May Parker backup in Edge of was an abysmal waste of some great characters from all those years ago and very disrespectful to Marvel's longest-running solo female character and her family. And I liked it. Uh, (laughs) As you can. I am a Spider-Girl reader, so that's all I can say. Catwoman 35. uh, 
not bad, a little bit generic, but such a great improvement over what we had before. So Selena as crime boss, uh, jean Turner, am I doing that right, Steph? jean Valentine. Yeah. Um, and Gary yeah, I Brown. don't know. It could be Genevieve or Jean-Vierre. Either. So you'll, you'll, we'll figure out. They'll write us letters. Uh, Harley Quinn number 11. Harley convinces an amnesiac power girl that they're roommates. <laughs> and you can imagine how that goes. There's shopping and shenanigans. They go clothes shopping. Needless to say, it doesn't work so well. And now on to canceled comics cavalcade. <laughs> X-Factor number 15, which is an Axis tie-in, but it's all really, it's all in about X-Factor. And it's just so great. Invaders 11, each of these issues has been about this team. We get a, a recap of a great Torch Namer thing. It's, it's just a shame this one's going away, too. There's She-Hulk number nine, with the trial of Steve Rogers. And there's a twist. A couple of really neat ones, very good legal dramas. It's just a shame that's going away, too. Fantastic Four number 11, the, the good stuff is finally coming, and now it's canceled. We're finally turning this book around. It's really, the Robinson run might have ended up being the one it should have been all along, but we spent so much time doing not much that it's too bad that it's going away. But they'll be back, I'm sure. And what's left? Oh, there's Star Trek New Visions from John Byrne, Cry Vengeance, Issue 3, sequel to The Doomsday Machine from the old days. And there was Multiversity this week. (gasps) I'm going to breathe now and stop. Bob, you still have... Two minutes. <laughs> I did it in three. I told you, well, Justin, one page is three minutes. So what should we talk about? <laughs> I want to talk about She-Hulk for a second. Okay. And how disappointed I am that Marvel, like, again, like Elektra, they're canceling this, like, two weeks after. I think, Bobby, we talked about this briefly before. But, yeah. like, they just need to stop doing this for the trade waiting. I know they have, like, Gamora and Spider-Gwen coming out. But ugh, it Swirl just really pisses hill. me yeah, off yeah. that they're canceling these without really giving them even a month in you know, stores for trade. Well, what I heard, and I don't know if this is true or not, Charles Soule was talking about, and he said this was always intended to be like a 12-issue series, like Mm -hmm. because of their kind of new sort of like volume um, way of releasing comics, that they're going, that that doesn't mean it's gone for good. It just means that this kind of storyline is done. I think they're going to be doing this a lot of books. They're going to be ending and restarting again, again every year. Don't you think that like, instead of saying that they're canceling them, that they should just say, like, this season's done. It's wrapped up. We'll see you next year. Well, I think that... you do for a TV show, as opposed to being like, bitches, we're done. It's canceled. (laughs) See ya. I agree, but I I think they're concerned that if they put it ahead of time that they're only 12, the sales will be worse on that first issue, and then down the road each as it recedes. Right. And to be fair, I don't think Marvel came out and said She-Hulk is canceled. I think that the, the solicits came out and it said issue 12 was the final issue. So I don't think there was ever even a, uh, a statement from Marvel at that point. I just think, obviously, people see final issue, they say the book is canceled. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that whether or not this is a good idea to do it this way without kind of letting people know that they're going to be doing 12-issue installments of these books, mm-hmm. um, we don't know because they've never really done this before, right? We, we don't know if saying, we're going to do 12 issues, and then we'll do another 12 issues, is going to hurt sales or or help sales. More trade waiting than even now. But a little more transparency, I think, would be be good. Because it's... Sorry, Stephanie, I'm going to say one thing, and then I'm going to give it to you. I think that the the bad publicity that they get for not saying anything is more detrimental than just telling people ahead of time that the book is going to be canceled, or the book is going to go in waves. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Sorry, what were you going to say, Stephanie? Yeah, that's. I was just kind of adding on to that, what you were saying. I just think that they need to kind of, I mean, 
I know Marvel's kind of testing out that whole renumbering thing every year or so, but it just needs to, they need to tell people that that's for sure what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Like just one way or another so that we can at least expect it. Yeah. Like you said, like it's just bad PR and it's really bad for fans of these characters to not really know the fate of them. Just kind of assume that Marvel's throwing them aside for other things. And meanwhile, you know, there's certain titles that will obviously never get canceled, but we get like 5,000 X-Men books, 5,000 Avengers books. And then it's just like, She-Hulk, bye, we're not going to tell you what's happening. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's I, I think it's a bad move. Just because like even if, let's say even people online miss, miss, miss incorrectly saying the book is done for good. That's bad because if people think the book's done for good, they might just see those tweets and then go like when Shield because now they go, okay, well I'm not going to buy it now because I know it's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know because that definitely happens with me. Like definitely when a book is done, sometimes and I'm not insanely in love with it, I'll just mm-hmm. be like, well, I don't know if I see, what's the point. Yeah, that happened with Cyclops. Yeah, ex- ex- exactly. Yeah. I stopped buying Cyclops because it's yeah. not done. But r- with Rucka not being on anymore, right? I, I don't really care anymore. I mean, know? one of the things that that I've noticed that that I do, I can't speak for other people, but if I know that something's coming to an end or that I'm near the end of an arc, I'll continue to buy it knowing that, you know, I'll have bought it all in single issue form and I'll have everything the book has to offer in terms of like letters and photos in the back and dedications and stuff like that. Um, But it could definitely have the opposite effect where people will jump off knowing that they can just buy the trade in, you know, four months time. Right. Absolutely. Shocks me that you would buy all of the issues. (laughs) Well, <laughs> somebody's got to keep this business alive. Um, I want to hear your opinion on Spider-Man, since you had a different opinion, Justin. Okay. Um, well, don't, I, don't okay. worry. Bob's not going to punch you or anything. He's not going to jump over the <laughs> yeah, table or anything. All right. Flipping tape. Haven't hit anybody yet. Yeah. So um, every time I come on the show, I talk about Spider-Man in some form. You do. And I, this time I, I was like, I'm not going to pick up that issue and talk <laughs> about it. Um, and... I was a fan of the Miss Marvel stuff, or uh, I thought it was terrific. Mm-hmm. I thought the artwork in the book was great. Uh, I got to the end, and I never read Spider Girl. I read like maybe an issue or two here or there, and I would have gone back and bought all of the trades if they were out. Yeah, it's a disaster that they're not out. But I thought the end was it packed an emotional punch. I didn't feel like it was a slap in the face to the character. Like, granted, me not reading her, I don't have the same history that you mm-hmm. do, but. I felt it was a way of giving a this big event that they're doing with Spider-Man and all the Spider-Men in Spider-Verse weight and meaning, and it was a um, it left the the main character still in play with now um, what's the word I'm looking for here? She has a goal she has to carry out now. She made a promise at the end of the book, and now she's got to carry out that promise. To me, she's still in play. She's still there. That legacy still continues. We came to the end of another hero in that book, and I thought that, that the end of that hero was everything that, if that situation would have happened, the same things would have happened. I thought it was well-written, not reading those characters. I knew exactly who they were. I could understand exactly where they were in that place and time, so I could understand feeling like a gut punch from it, but I didn't feel like it was, to me, didn't feel like it was a slap in the face at what had come before. It makes me more interested to, to read that, those stories now and especially to see where that where Spider-Girl goes from here. I... You can disagree, I, but... No, it's just... Bob, you have I the floor. Spent, right. <laughs> Rebuttal. <laughs> I read all 150-odd issues of this as they were coming out. 
and in the midst of the darkness that was comics in the 90s, that here is something that read in its time in a way that Ms. Marvel reads now, that it was fresh and an interesting take. It's the Marvel Universe as if it had begun 20 years before, and now we're to that point. And the book, was it's about May Parker as Spider-Girl, but it's about her family. It's about Peter and Mary Jane, her parents and her schoolmates and everything else. It isn't just about her being a hero. It was just as much about being at Forest Hills High School. And to have them all... Oh, boy. Spoilers? Can I just... I wouldn't spo- I just it came out this week, right? Last Two week. Week, last week, yeah. Okay, you can talk about it. Okay. There are some characters eliminated to service this big event that it, it, it's a gut punch for those who don't even know the character. And so what is that for those of us who did? And we got nothing out of it. The character hasn't appeared in years. And we get them here just to eliminate them. And that, that really, it hurts. It really did. I... I respect Dan Slott as a writer. He might find a way to turn this around. Maybe we'll see May again. But May without her father. Uh, Peter in the Spider-Girl books is now a police scientist because he was crippled in a battle with the Green Goblin. He's lost his leg. But he still goes out there every now and again and does what needs to be done. He is more Peter Parker in those Spider-Girl books than he had been in years in the regular books. Yeah, I knew that much. And that it's Mary Jane, and she's on May's side of all this. And we revisit all those old characters sort of retold in new ways 20 years out. It's, it, it's, it's, it's cool that she showed up, but that's not the end I would have warned. She was not a vengeance character. She was not a dark force of the night who had to go out and fix things. She was a teenage girl who struggled with being a teenager with being with friends and how to deal with relationships and her parents and what to do and it's reducing it to a very simple set of equations that we see way too much in comics for, for my way of thinking anyway as someone who read the thing gotcha okay the other thing i want to ask about is I don't, the two biggest catwoman fans that i know are steve mm-hmm. and stephanie <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and i wanted to know uh first steve did you read the new catwoman book yet i did not you did not yet okay no. stephanie did you read it yet i didn't i'm okay. sorry all right so not that big of fans <laughs> I, I, read forgot, it. I bought the thing <laughs> i forgot that it was um this issue was the one with the new writer same yeah. here yeah. yeah um i i checked it out um as well i mean I, i'm not a huge catwoman fan but i agree with you said bob i think it was a little bit kind of standard but mm. Much better. And what I do like about it is that it builds up anticipation to see her back mm-hmm. in the costume again. Because mm-hmm. right now she's kind of in this mob boss. That part of mode. her character, like moving her over, that actually intrigues me. It's cool. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know that this was the the turn. Yeah, it's cool. Okay. Um, but there's definitely that call in the book for her to put the costume back on, and she's kind well, of fighting it. So I think it's we, a cool. We did idea. know that because she was in like that cat or not Catwoman, the Batman issue. Yeah, that eternal yeah. like flash forward where she's hmm. like the queen of the. Underworld. Underworld. It was back. Yeah. It was in the middle of zero year. I don't remember the number. Hmm. I just no. I knew it was coming. I yeah. just I didn't know that this was the issue. Yeah. Main, main line Catwoman that it was gonna right, right. pick up on that. And I'm also like I think maybe four or five issues behind on Eternal. Gotcha. It just every week it stacks up. Yeah, I don't really read it. So I, I haven't been reading it. It was just in the yeah. It's good. Preview yeah, the, to uh, Eternal. Yeah. yeah, the art's interesting. Yeah, you know it's not the usual Catwoman art. It's a little more angular, which is fun. Yeah. A little more. Fashion-y, I guess. It was definitely interesting. Um, it definitely made me go like, "Hmm, this could be. This could turn into something cool." The last couple again, pages got me excited about yes. it. Yes, bar so, has been so low. Yeah, yeah. yes, well, that too. Basically, like there was no urgency, be, right, to, you know, to investigate. Yeah, yeah. It could be poop instead of diarrhea, yeah. and 
you know, we would still be like, this is great. Yeah. Like, wow. If anything, if I, if I was, <laughs> if I wanted to read Catwoman, if I was specifically, not only do I have stuff stored mm-hmm. away, but I would actually go back and I would read the Ed Brubaker mm-hmm. run. Right. If anything. Yeah. So, um, it, this, I think it's one of those ones that could have benefited from a, uh, number, number one. one. Yeah. Definitely. Because it just, it has so much baggage behind it that I think a number one could, could have definitely helped it. But, uh, all right, so let's go on. Um, Steve, you ready for some lightning round business? Yeah, sure. All right, you have five minutes, sir. Okay. Go. Uh, I actually caught up with Axis over the last few weeks. I read issues one through three, and I got to say, I'm enjoying it. I know events, you know, we're, we're, we get a little tired of them and whatnot, but this has been pretty exciting. Uh, Remender's doing, like, his giant bombastic stuff that he did with um, uh, Uncanny X-Force, and to my surprise, there's some really good uh, Scarlet Witch and Rogue stuff happening in here, but there's also a return to Uncanny X-Force-style Deadpool that shows up at around like the later part of issues two and three. And I really enjoyed seeing that like part of him. He's, he spends some time with Tony Stark, and he's basically talking to him for, uh, you know, dragging him through the mud uh, during this battle. And his dialogue is very reminiscent of the the stuff with the Uncanny X-Force. And so I really, really enjoyed that. Um, for those of you who uh, are interested in the Sleepy Hollow series that came out from Boom from Marguerite Bennett and Jorge Coho, it is pretty damn cool. Um, I won't say much about it, but if you're a fan of the show, you definitely want to check it out. It's a four-part mini. Okay. Uh, next on the list is Jim Henson's The Storyteller, number two, Witches. And this is uh, the story of the Snow Witch. The Snow Witch is uh, a tale that's actually presented in a beautiful, beautiful landscape format. So you have to hold the book on its side. And what you get is this Japanese fable about a woman who lives in the snowy mountains. And uh, should you happen to see her and then later speak her name, bad things happen. Uh, Very, very reminiscent of the Grimm's fairy tales uh, from when I was growing up. And this storyteller series is shaping up to be just a something you're going to want to collect perhaps now or when it's all done. Uh, it's wonderful. Next book on my list is Spider number uh, or Spider number five. It's part of the Edge of Spider Verse, and it's by Gerard Way, and I believe James Wyatt is the artist. So what you have here is a story about a uh, Japanese girl, uh, Jake Wyatt. I'm sorry. Um, no, that's a cover artist. Somebody else can look that up. <laughs> Apologies. Um, Spider-Verse features a small girl who basically is genetically bound to this um, spider character that if the spider passes away, it passes on to the next person in the generation. So you have this little girl having to deal with... Jake White. It was Jake. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Um, Sorry, Jake. She... <laughs> She has to basically, they, they put her in a room and she gets bitten by the spider. Um, upon being bitten by the spider, she actually genetically syncs with this almost like Evangelion mechanized version of a spider suit. And she becomes this other version of wow. Spider-Man. But the thing that I really, really liked about it and that I've noticed about Gerard Way's uh, work, he did it with the fabulous Killjoys and he's doing it again here. His dialogue and just his presentation of his stories is extremely lyrical, given his uh, musical background, and it shines in the things that he writes. You can hear it, you can feel it, and um, my favorite aspect of this new or, or this spider character is that um, the idea of being this thing is overwhelming to her because of her young age. That through time she's found that the one thing that um, kind of centers her and 
has her able to perform inside of this thing is by piping in music and fighting her her enemies to music and songs and using the beats and the times to pull off of her moves. It becomes like a, almost like a spider ballet of sorts. Um, I would absolutely love to see more of both these creators on this book. Uh, I hope that something spins out of it because it would be it would be amazing. Uh, really quick, the death of Wolverine number four. I won't uh, mention how Wolverine passes away, but that I found it to be very quiet and very moving, and I, I really enjoyed the series from Charles Soule. How much time do I cut? You have 30 seconds. Um, you guys, <laughs> really, really quick, uh, from Corey Doctorow and Jen Wang, uh, this uh, graphic novel from First Second called In Real Life, about a girl gamer who discovers a online game called Course Gold, and in the process of working for a team that uh, is taking out the gold farmers that are cheating in the game, she meets a kid from China who happens to be under a very uh, harsh work conditions. And the two of them meet in the game together and find a way to get him health care and bring him out of the horrible rut that he's in. It's very moving. Nice. Boom. Nice. <laughs> I was I, I was not super crazy about the death of Wolverine number really? four. Okay. I like the idea of it. I like the way the, the actually I like the quiet nature of it in a lot of ways, but the kind of person they pick to be the not final, like a main antagonist. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's weird to me. That's not the person I would have picked. And mm. I, I I like the way that I like that it wasn't bombastic. That it wasn't this giant event. That it felt very personal to the character. Mm-hmm. And the art is unbelievably gorgeous. It's yeah. stunning, stunning art by Steve McNiven. But. I just I felt like the first three were so good and had carried so much weight. Yeah, that the last issue it didn't carry that for me. Well, I I agree. I mean, I only have so many seconds to, to say yeah. stuff, but like, I definitely agree with you. Mm. I I'm not familiar with that character, so when finding out that that's who it was, mm. I was kind of like, all right, so I'm just supposed to accept that there's this like rich history that mm. I know nothing about, and you know, I should just assume that this this impact that I'm not feeling for other readers is there. Right. But I did I did like the kind of the the way that he went out. Mm-hmm. I thought was was kind of poetic and interesting and just the state of him by the end of the book and the the way the way in which he is dead. Mm-hmm. I just I like I like that image. Yeah. Very Terminator 2. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, all the, I, I thought all the flashback stuff was very good. Like when he's, because yeah. he's back in the Weapon X facility and like those, those moments I think are very good. But uh, I felt like compared to the other three issues of the series, which I thought were really, really excellent, I felt like this one was still very good but lacked the punch that I was expecting with how good the first three issues were mm-hmm. of the story. Um, all right, Stephanie, you ready to go? Sure. I only really have one book to talk about. Well, it's good that you took one of my only books to talk about. (laughs) Thirty seconds. Thanks. It's all right. One One time, I email people to be like, "This is what I'm reading." You You didn't email us. Yeah, I didn't get anything. I did. I didn't get an email from you. When? Like ten minutes ago. Today? No. (laughs) I didn't get an email from you. Yeah, I didn't get one either. Yeah. (sighs) I left the The house at eight in the morning. I I was checking my email all day. Which Which books did I take? What book? Ugh, the in real life. Oh, well, you can talk. We only talk about it for like 30 seconds. So talk about it. It's fine. Now you have two books. This to talk was about. such a random buy for me. How was I supposed to know that you would talk about it? All right. The email. All right. <laughs> the one I didn't get. No one, didn't, no one got the email, Stephanie. Just accept it. All right. All right. Stephanie, go. Wow. In real life is one of my books. This is such a shocker. No one saw this coming. 
Whoa, crazy. Huh. Anyways, this book is actually really amazing. And um, Steve went and told you guys the plot, but didn't really tell you that this book is like well, he had no time, so give one him a of the most important <laughs> you, books that would probably come out um, this year for Ooh. women and gaming and comics. Um, and it is honest to God, like especially with Gamergate and stuff that's going on right now and all the harassment of women in video games and in geekdom, this book is not just um, a beacon to kind of remind you why you should love video games if, you know, video games are your thing, but it's a reminder of the good that can be in people. And um, it's, it's a book about bullying and standing up for what you believe in and helping people that are less fortunate than you uh, all while loving the things you love. And it shows you that you can do the things that you want in this world um, and still be a good person while doing them. And, you know, shitty things will happen from time to time. But, uh, again, if your intentions are good, there's a good chance that everything will work out in the end. And um, the art is just so stunning. And the story is, you know, it, it goes back and forth between a girl in school that's a wallflower, more or less, and um, trying to find a way to be social and to fit in. And she takes to online gaming once she discovers that it's not just for boys. And a woman comes to their classroom and kind of challenges these girls to not play as males uh, in online gaming and to just be themselves. And she takes this challenge and becomes a stronger person for it. And um, not only does it start reflecting, um, you know, in the game itself, but uh in her real life too. And it brings her a whole new confidence and outlook on life. And it's just really beautiful. And, um, I think it's a absolute must read for everyone. And it's a must read for anyone who loves gaming and it's a must read for teenage girls. Um, and it's the, with Christmas coming up, honest to God, I would put this on your list. Everybody. Um, especially if you have a young girl in your life um, that you think could really benefit from this because it's beautiful. And when we eventually do uh, anti-bullying week, which is, you know, something we will uh, be working on in the future, near future, um, I think this is one of the books that will really help to uh, showcase exactly what we're trying to do. Um, So that is... In Real Life, again, by Corey Doctorow and Jen Wang. And um, my second book is a collection. I think I've talked about them before, but it's called It's a Ponderful Life by Gemma oh, Carell. And Go it's it. a fun collection of puns and wordplay. I'm and out. It was, <laughs> <laughs> I'm right here. I'm listening. Um, so it's, uh, it was originally she posted these on her web, like uh, on Tumblr and stuff. And I would like read them. It was like Monday pun days. And she released them in this book. <laughs> and it's seriously like my favorite thing ever. Like she has like board games. And instead of it being like B-O-A-R-D, it's like board B-O-R-E-D. And the games are just like yawning and being like, life is horrible. So boring. The height of humor. <laughs> hey, and hey. 
It's just big and, fan of those. You know, there's like bitter coffee, and there's like a coffee. <laughs> there's a, a a coffee carafe that's like enjoy your caramel skinny vanilla decaf frappuccino, you uncultured swine, and it's like <laughs> yelling at people, and um like a loaf of bread that's being cut, and it's crying because it says le pain, which is the bread in French. And uh, <laughs> okay, there's there's like so many. They're just like one page puns and. It's my favorite thing ever. She also does um, – she's probably better known for her work on um, – she does a, a book of pugs. Um, but she also has like – which is, you know, It's course. like puns but pugs with a yep. G. She yeah. does like um, – I think she has a, got a pug's guide to dating. Um, she has <laughs> something about – like there's another cat book. Um, I don't even know what that is, which is shocking. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but – I've been following Monday Punday forever, and this book was something I had to own. It's the best. Perfectly timed. Yeah, it was good timing, actually. It was actually no. great timing to end your little your little segment there. Yep. See, those also, are my books. Yeah, those were good books. That was good. Yes. yes. Thank awesome. You. Cool. Okay. Justin, I think you haven't gone yet. I have not. All right, Justin, lightning round. Ready? Go. Okey-doke. So the first book that I'm going to talk about is actually the book that I'm reviewing for the website this week. Oh, okay. So sneak preview. Uh, it's Thursday, Justin, so I don't want to hurry yep. up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got I to I do that. Anyway, it's uh, Wonder Woman number 35. It is the finale of the Azarello Chang storyline that they've been running since they relaunched the character. I had never read any Wonder Woman before this, so I came into the New 52 pretty blind on Diana. And I've loved the, every issue of this. Um, not knowing anything, I was able to come in and just form my own opinions and not carry anything from before the New 52. And so this has been 35 issues of godly awesome material. And it concludes here in a very heartfelt way um, that wraps up the story in, in a really nice thing. I mean, there's questions um, that you they like kind of hid ideas in there from issue one that you come back to now and you're like, well, I've got to reread this whole thing now. So I was super pleased with the way that it went and I will eventually get that review up. Uh, I want to talk about low number four, uh, from Rick Remender and it was a Greg, Greg Ticini. Uh, I love this series so much. Um, the artwork in it is not for everybody, but I'm really enjoying the story, the, the world that they've created. Um, it's pretty much about a mother doing what she can to, A, get the human race to survive, but B, it's about getting her family back. And uh, there are, in this, there are, in this story, we get introduced to mutants and, I mean, swashbuckling underwater pirates. It is chock full of amazing. The artwork can be off-putting for people, I know, but I really, really enjoy it. And if you can get past the artwork... Uh, there's a really good story and world being built here. I also want to talk about The Walking Dead. Hmm. Number 133. This is a book that really, really, really needed a kick in the teeth. It needed something to jumpstart it. And about five or six issues ago, I want to say, the number could be off there, but at the end of All Out War, this book jumped forward two years. Oh. And ever since then it's like reignited my love for the book um nice this story like this issue it could be a brian michael bendis issue everyone's just sitting around talking for the most part and it couldn't be more interesting it is the the jump forward was exactly what this book needed and i'm gonna say if you've fallen off the book and you fell away from it 
uh, I would jump back in. It, it's getting it's getting really interesting, and it's nice to see the evolution of some characters, especially Carl. Hmm. Bob talked about new Avengers. I want to talk about Avengers proper. These two books work like beautiful music yeah. together. So you have the Avengers chasing the Illuminati, and that's this book, and then mm-hmm. Bob's book is the other way around. So it is really interesting to see a t- like two people get the best of Steve Rogers. That doesn't happen very no. often, and it happens in this book. It's really interesting. Uh, I can't wait to see where they go with this stuff. Superman, number 35. Superman's awesome again. I really like the way that uh, Jeff Johns, is what he's doing with the character. Um, how much time do I have, Bobby? You have a minute and 40 seconds. Oh, sweet. Uh, it's exciting to see where this is going. Like, I hadn't read Superman in years since, like, the death of Superman. And I came back in with Action Comics on Bobby's, uh, Bobby's recommendation, and I liked it. And when I saw that Jeff Johns was doing this book, I wanted to jump in. With, like, four issues in now, and I like it a lot. It feels like Superman. It feels like the guy that inspires everybody else. And that's just really, really, really nice to see. And then I'm going to talk about two trades. One I promised myself if I got back on the show I would talk about, and that's Mark Millar and Lino Yu's Superior. Mark Millar can turn a lot of people off, and that's understandable. Some books are amazing. Some books are really bad. Superior is one of those books that are really good. So the idea of Superior is it's big with superpowers. So there's a question asked, like, what would you do to be a superhero? So if you were a a young boy who has a disease, what would you do to be able to fly? And the question, the person that's asking this question is not who you think it is. And it's about the choices that this boy has to make when he becomes the hero. What would he do to keep it? What would happen if he had to go back to his old life? Super, super interesting and pretty, pretty awesome. I can't recommend this book enough. It's actually one of my favorites. And the last book I'm going to talk about, Justin Jordan, Trad Moore, The Legend of Luther Strode. Yeah. When Bobby was at Comic-Con, we were walking around together uh, waiting for some interviews, and we were at the image booth, and I was just grabbing trades. And Bobby's like, have you ever read Luther Strode? And I said, I had it. And he's like, well, you have to buy it. And so I bought it, and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll buy trade one. So I went to Texas two weeks ago to visit my sister, and I brought this along. I read it. It was awesome. I went to the closest comic book store I could find. I'm just going to finish this. And I had to buy volume two. So if you're in the mood for something bloody, violent, and really, really cool, Legend of Luther Strode, and then the strange uh, talent of Luther Strode. Good stuff. Ridiculously Ooh. awesome. And there's more on the way. Yes. I was super excited to, to, to know that. I awesome. love that series. Awesome. All right. So my turn to close out our little lightning round section here. Go. All right, so um, Marvel 70th anniversary celebration, which came out uh, this week. Uh, it has some cool stories. Bruce Tim reimagines, uh, well, he illustrates Stan Lee's first ever writing for Marvel. The Traitor's Revenge. Yeah, which is really cool. I think it's worth it on its own right yeah. just to get that. Really nice story by Chris Samney, uh, drawn by Chris Samney, written by James Robinson to start out, which is like, where were you when the Fantastic Four became the Fantastic Four? Really, really well done. And then there's, there's a couple other ones as well that are, are, are very similar to that. Um, a cool collection. Um, so that was good. Uh, I read Goners from Image, which is... I read a bunch of like Halloween-themed like books. I read that. It was sort of like um, the, like the, the, a ghost hunting or like a paranormal activity investigating family and something really bad goes down and they have to figure out. It's got a very kind of eight, late 80s, 90s yeah. Amblin vibe to it, which is really nice. Really like that. Um, <clears throat> Saga, Chapter 24. Oh. Closes out this new one. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything about it. Okay. I, I absolutely Good. loved it. It was amazing. Amazing. 
Uh, just Saga just keeps getting better and better. Uh, Arkham Manor, number one, uh, Jerry Dugan and uh, Sean Crystal. Mm-hmm. A really different than I expected it to be, a, a different vibe, more a sillier vibe than I really expected. Um, and I'm very excited to see uh, where it goes um, from from here. Uh, you mentioned the, the new Multiversity came out, yeah. which I loved. Um, can't wait to see yeah. what, what happens uh, with that. It's I could talk about that for two hours, so I don't yeah. want to get too much into <laughs> it. so much going it's on crazy. There, yeah. It's crazy, crazy, but Garrett Morrison writing Damien again, which is awesome, and a lot of inside comic like stuff, yeah. women yeah. refrigerators yeah. and yeah. event stuff. Um, the two books I want to talk about uh, right here are two horror books. One is A Mimetic by James Tinney IV and Eric Donovan, which is a crazy-ass book about um, a meme uh, uh, they call the, the, the I think the happy sloth. <laughs> it's a meme that makes people feel elation, and then slowly turns them into zombies. Oh, cool! Um, oh, and the only I people like left that. in the world are people who are let's say colorblind or actually blind or didn't see it. But 24 hours after you see the meme, you lose your mind and you become kind of like the zombie type character. It has a lot of neat. <clears throat> sort I could of rule the world. Commentary, yes, Bob's commentary <laughs> on on our like social media society. Really, really cool. I, I really, really recommend it. Um, and the other book is Colder, The Bad Seed, number one, by Paul Tobin and Juan Ferreira. That We talked about this book, um, I think, last year or the year before that, which was um, it was a trade that, that I had read and, and really, really loved. Um, this is a continuation of that story. Um, we have our main characters back again, and our main character is still helping people kind of recover from their insanity, and he still has the same affliction. But there's a new bad guy who is somewhere from his past that we haven't seen before, um, it is it is a really scary book, really scary. Yeah. Great book for Halloween. Some really sick, twisted, um, you know, sick, twisted imagery to it. Juan Ferrer does an amazing job, just like he did in the first one. Uh, I think that you could probably read this and not have read the first trade, the first series. Um, it would definitely help, but they kind of do some explaining along the way, some lifting of that stuff, and it's just a great book to read around this time um, and was really, really effective. I put it down. I was like, this was awesome. So that, that's uh, colder, uh, bad seed number one. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So that, that's going to be it for my, uh, my lightning round. Got a couple of seconds. What else is in the 75th anniversary? Any reprints or uh, just new versions? Of no, all I think there's, there's, well, they, they reprint the story that, that, uh, Stanley actually okay, wrote right. it's from, from back number then. Three. Yeah, yeah. They have, um, uh, human, Oh, a really great story with, uh, Jennifer Jones, Oh, Alias? Alias, wow. yeah. Brian Michael Bendis wrote it, and she is... A woman comes to her and says that she was she's looking for a man who saved her from the original Human Torch way back in the day. They're, she's like, you know, 90 years old yeah. at this point, and she helps track her down, um, track down the guy for her. And it's really, right. really great, and it, it leaves off with the intonation that there would be um, a new Alias series coming. Because the last line right. of it is, guess this is the universe's way of telling me it's time to get back to work. Oh, with the Netflix series coming here, yeah. yeah, what a great idea. Some little history lessons and stuff about Forgotten Heroes in there. It's the Blue Diamond. Yeah, fake covers, <laughs> uh, the Portland Avengers, and uh, <laughs> the the X-Men, um, and nice. all this other stuff. Really, really cool. Um, it was, it's really, it's, it's a great little collection, and uh, the first story is, is beautiful, beautifully drawn by Chris Samney, and he kind of reproduces all of these really famous Marvel moments, so it's really awesome. Oh, it's worth the price of admission right there. Definitely, definitely recommend it. Um, all right, so that's it for the lightning round. We'll take a short break and we'll come back and we're going to talk about all the movie announcements.
All right, we are back. <laughs> uh, and we're going to be talking about the insane amount of news that has come out of both Marvel and DC on the movie side in the last few weeks. Um, but before we get to the announcements, let's talk about the trailer. The Age of Ultron, Avengers Age of Ultron okay. teaser came out. Mm-hmm. Um, we now have a, there's a, an added scene now that came out as well. It was with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, the other night. But the trailer as an overall piece. Stephanie, what do you think of it? I would like to ask you a question first, Bobby, if I may. Yes. Is it possible to marry a trailer? <laughs> um, the, the law has not been passed in all 50 states yet, uh, Stephanie, but I don't know. I don't know the, the laws on the books in Canada. So. Well, I would like to propose to the Age of Ultron, <laughs> and supposing that it accepts, I would like to marry it and then have uh, trailer babies with it. <laughs> That's very graphic, Stephanie, for the show. You're welcome. <laughs> so I'm guessing that means you liked it. I did, and uh, it was just, like, awesome. I, I watched the trailer that uh, got leaked before the Age of Ultron, um, release on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Did I say Agents of Ultron? No. no, no, no. I think you said it right. All right. And um, I was just like, holy shit, this is so awesome. I, I wasn't stoked for the whole Ultron thing, but this trailer was just so well done. And the whole James Spader thing with um, the Pinocchio music that had been totally creeped up. <laughs> I was so into that trailer. It was everything I could have possibly wanted it to be. And I don't even know what I wanted it to be. (laughs) Um, It just hit every possible. Yep. note. I was like, okay, yeah. I, would you like to take pre-orders for these tickets now? Because I'll pay you. (laughs) I will pay you right now. Um, It's amazing. I thought um, the twins looked really cool in the brief kind of clips you got to see of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you got to see a little bit of Wanda's uh, angst and kind of powers flowing. <laughs> and uh, it just, it looked great. It looked really, really well done. The Hulkbuster armor. Um, uh, just, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Bob, I want to hear from you because I, I had questions in my brain about what you were going to think of, of this trailer. I had doubts about how much you would like the trailer. So I want to ask you what you thought. I think Stephanie's going to have to wait in line. Age, age, <laughs> you know, age has perks here, and I'm going to marry this trailer first. I, the use of that Pinocchio music is so brilliant. Spader's voice so much. I knew he was going to rock this, mm-hmm. but even more than I thought. I thought Quicksilver, the way they used his powers in first class was great. The little glimpse of it here I like even more. That we go back to Wanda using a hex sphere. Mm-hmm. That's from the very beginning in the early X Men stories. Little flashbacks to things, and maybe what are dream sequences of a of, of ruined Earth, and who knows whose those are. Cap in the past, it looks like. Mm-hmm. We're, we're back in World War II. Is time travel mm-hmm. going on here? We get to see the ballerinas. We're going to investigate the history of these characters. There are 14 screenplays I could write from this three-minute trailer. <laughs> Where is this movie going? I don't know, but I'm there with it. Cool, cool. Steve, what about you? Loved it. Loved it. I've watched it probably over 20 times <laughs> since 20. its release. Yeah, dude. I, no, I'm, I'm above 50, I think. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I watched it over and over and over again. I kept trying to find like better quality <laughs> videos. Um, I've been watching The Blacklist 
uh, since the first season and then the new stuff. So I'm very familiar with James Spader and, and just his cadence and his just his slimy way about him. So when I heard that he was going to be the voice of Ultron, I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> that is so perfect. And then the trailer came and he's just monologuing a little bit to the Avengers about, you know, the strings and how you're mm. you're all caught in your own web. And, you know, there are no strings on me. And just it's what an awesome what an awesome thing to pull from and knowing it's Marvel and Disney to be like, Hey, do you yeah. mind mm-hmm. if we, you know, use this and do this and do that? And I mean, like Bob had said, there's so much happening in that trailer that I, I have so many questions that I can't wait to to have answered. And I like the different, the difference in tone, you know, but from the extended trailer that we got later with that second, you know, little piece from um, agents of shield, there still seems to be a bit of that humor in there. I'm hoping that from the trailer, I mean, the trailer is so bombastic and ridiculous and I'm in love with it, just like everybody else. I'm just hoping one of my favorite parts about the Marvel movies is that they know how to balance the serious and the, you know, the dire with sprinkles of, you know, laughter. Mm-hmm. I I hope that it's not so serious that we lose that and then from that little bit with everybody trying to pick the hammer up mm. and the look on Thor's face when Steve Rogers goes to grab it yeah. and I I think he can do it and yeah. he's just he doesn't want to hurt Thor's feelings <laughs> he's a nice guy yeah but oh my god that look on his face was priceless yeah, well, and he Black, moves it that little bit yeah Black Widow's like I don't even gotta do it <laughs> yeah like you know I already know I'm worthy yeah <laughs> So, yeah, I'm, you know, new new players coming in and the announcement of all the Marvel movies just made it that much more so because we get, you know, glimpses of a broken cap shield and Thor dropping the hammer in disbelief and just all the craziness. And I really like the idea, like we were debating whether or not it was a good idea for Ultron to be hailing from, you know, Tony Stark's creation as opposed to Hank Pym's. It looks like it's really, really going to work especially with the history that we now have with these characters that audience members, they're all going to be able to like be in on the origin of Ultron. And it won't just be a treat for people that know the Hank Pym stuff outside Mm -hmm. of what's happened in the Avengers and the Marvel movies so far. Yeah. I think if they had pushed that in the new Ant-Man movie, we would have a very different Ant-Man movie coming out, um, which freed them up to do whatever they want to do and start that character, however they want to do it. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, just where can I pay for tickets? Because <laughs> I'll buy three. <laughs> Justin. So a little background uh, was last week it came out. So we were sitting down at Jackie's house. We were about to record and I happened to look at my phone and saw, uh, saw Steph's tweet like Age of Ultron tra- trailer leaks. I stop all systems immediately. <laughs> and so I'm pulling it up on my phone and I'm like, oh, the hell with this. I walk over to Rob. Rob is like frantically searching Daily Motion for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, just go to Twitter and click on, our, uh, click on the link. So we did that. So Rob, myself, Steve, and Jackie got to watch. And Rob and me were pretty much hugging each other the whole time. <laughs> it was hysterical. Watched it six times. We did. And so, I mean, I, I loved it. I could not wait for the show to be over so I could watch it again. <laughs> and so I did that throughout Throughout the night, I must have watched it at least at least ten times. I thought it looked awesome. A uh, definitely, I liked the tone. I liked the whole Empire Strikes Back vibe that's going on there. That this is the second movie. Things are a little bit more grim. Um, I thought Spader. I was initially hesitant on Spader. I'm not like overly familiar with his work, 
but I trust Marvel and, you know, trusting Marvel always seems to work out yeah. because his voice was awesome. I thought the, the use of the Pinocchio song, like everybody else, was brilliant. I played it for my wife and she's like, I'm like, listen to the music. And I was like, it's, it's the Pinocchio song. She's like, it's not the Pinocchio song. I'm like, it's the Pinocchio song. <laughs> she's like, well, Disney would never let that happen. I'm like, oh, well, they're owned by Disney. Yeah, Problem yeah. solved. Uh, so, I mean, I, I loved it completely. And the best part for me was later that night, it was like two in the morning and I'm laying in bed. I just like gone to bed and I'm laying there and I'm thinking about the trailer again. And all of a sudden I sit up and I was like, I didn't get to see the vision. Like they held back the vision. I texted Rob immediately. Yeah. I'm like, they didn't show the vision. They didn't show the vision. And he's like, oh my God, you're right. That's amazing. Because that's the person I wanted to see the most was the vision. Uh, so I don't think they could have done better with that first opening trailer. Mm-hmm. You get to you get all the hits. You get the Hulkbuster armor. You get the whole freaking out. You get um, intrigue. Like, what is Black Widow backing away from? That's what I want to know the most. What has that terrified look on her face and she's like backpedaling? Mm-hmm. Whatever that is, yeah. that's what I want to see. So I couldn't be more excited for this film. Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with all you guys. I mean, I think that what was interesting about the tone to me, and I think we've heard rumblings of this uh, uh, coming up to this but uh you know the first movie it has a lot of very joss whedon things about it but the thing it doesn't have about it is that sometimes joss whedon is a little bit weird you know he's a little bit off kilter and a little bit weird and this movie seems like it's going to be bringing that you can tell that from using the pinocchio stuff that seems like it's a very whedon thing to do um you know you can see it um in those moments like we saw like the ballerina moment those that moment when <clears throat> I, I also when hawkeye's running through the woods oh yeah that's definitely a flashback you know and i, I think that you that i think that black widow and hawkeye are gonna have something to do with the origins of wanda and pietro i think there's gonna be something that they're some way they're tied in hmm. to some sort of raid on some russian town or something i think is, is gonna happen um and i love the action the hulkbuster thing obviously we've been We've been hearing about that and waiting for that for a while when we got to see it. Um, obviously, there's some messed ups of having a banner throughout the entire trailer because in that one, the shot you see of the... He's all huddled up. The airplane, like everyone's kind of backed away from him and he's huddled up in the middle and there's something going on there. We don't know when that happens before or after that big Hulkbuster scene, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Um, you know, there, there's that stuff. I think that the... That opening scene where ultra, like dist- half-destroyed prototype Ultron comes walking out is incredibly creepy. Um, and I think that obviously the time you get to the end and you get that one little bit where you see him fully formed, I got chills when that, when that happened, it was so creepy and I I didn't expect that to happen. I think Spader is a perfect choice for it. Um, I I think you're going to see a lot of interesting and crazy stuff happen. Um, I don't know. It it looks awesome. It looks amazing. And I, I just can't wait for it to be here. Uh, so, we're gonna we'll leave Marvel for a little bit, and we'll go to DC first um, before we we end w- w- with the Marvel movie announcement. So, uh, you know, it, it only can seem as like it's like one upsmanship here. First, we yeah. got uh, the DC slate of, of movies announced. Um, Justin, why don't you just run through them, and then we'll kind of pick out the ones that we're most interested in talking. Do you about. want the release dates as well? Yeah, the release yeah. dates as well. Okay. Uh, so the one that everyone knows about, Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice, twenty sixteen. And that's directed by uh, Zack Snyder. Suicide Squad, which I think was a surprise, mm-hmm. uh, directed by David Ayer, 2016. Wonder Woman, starring uh, Gal Gadot, 2017. No director there. Justice League Part 1, directed by Zack Snyder, um, with 
Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, Amy Adams uh, reprising their roles. 2017, The Flash starring Ezra Miller. 2018, Aquaman starring Jason Momoa. 2018, Shazam. 2019, Justice League Part 2. 2019, Cyborg uh, starring Ray Fisher. 2020, and Green Lantern Reboot. 2020. All right, so we have a huge slate of movies there. Mm-hmm. Um, which it seems like a ridiculous far away to announce a movie, but then the Mar- Marvel did the exact same thing right. like a week later. Um, Bob, what do you think, independent of what we think about Men of Steel, mm-hmm. what do you think about the, the idea of the slate of those movies laid out there? They are hitting all the big notes they'd have to. If you're, you're creating this symphony that you're trying to, they're hitting the timpanies mm-hmm. the right way. You've got Flash, Green Lantern, you put Wonder Woman into play, Aquaman. It would be great if you had the Martian Manhunter and went full bore but you, you don't know he may be here yet mm. so they hit that and they then they hit some odd ones cyborg it's an interesting choice where you know you're looking at a character that is known from the cartoons so you can give that a try the the crazy one to me the real just you're saying just suicide squad mm-hmm. why not <laughs> i mean just why not but that is going to be very very different the one that strikes me that isn't there is the one that was talked about first which is del toro's justice league dark right which I really thought was going to end up being in this in this mess. Are we looking now twenty twenty one or mm-hmm. something like that? Murr. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a again separated from mm-hmm. what I thought before, and this could change as we go on. It's a nice slate of movies in a, in a wonderful place, and you managed to put Wonder Woman in there. What it'll be, they don't have a director. I hear they're they're trying to attach a female director to this. Yes, that's mm-hmm. what they said. Yeah, so. Why not? Yeah. One of the things about Warner Brothers, and this is the thing that excites me about their slate, independent of what we're talking about, and it, it, it ends up with stuff I love and stuff I don't love, but they're a very director-focused studio. Yeah. They want directors who have a vision and their own vision to take things and run with them, and they're very hands-off when it comes to creative people that they trust, right? So, look, I, th- I think that whether they get it or not, I think that Warner Brothers is going to have a blank check for Catherine Bigelow yeah, to do Wonder Woman. That, yeah. Damn it. You know, I was just about to mention <laughs> yeah. her. She's one of the big names, obviously, banging about all the time whenever you see a female director because she's the, probably the biggest one, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you have a blank check for Catherine Bigelow. If you, whether she's interested in doing it or not, who knows? Um, I also think you're going to see movies like Suicide Squad, and this has been rumored as well, packed with super famous people. Uh, they know Suicide Squad isn't a big name, mm-hmm. so they, they're going to pack it with people that are some of their favorites at Warner Brothers and try to make it a kind of star-studded sort of dirty dozen type affair, I think is what they're going to try to do. Um, I think with stuff like Suicide Squad, you can see the Jeff Johns kind of all over this because he loves Suicide Squad. It's like one of his favorite things in the entire world. So obviously he probably pressed for that pretty, pretty hard. Surprised that it's coming so early that they already have a director and that's happening so soon. Who's the uh, director for David that? Ayer, who did uh, End of Watch. He just did that movie Fury with Brad Pitt that just came out. He okay. wrote Training Day. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, he, uh, he's a kind of an up-and-coming director for them in, in a lot of ways. Hey, it is interesting. It's the flip of what Marvel did with Guardians, though. Yeah. In that they cast names, but not big names. Yeah. But they're, they do things exactly opposite. Right, that their yeah. brand would yeah. carry the day. Yeah. But they, they, I don't think they're there yet. I don't think that, I think they no. believe that for Superman, Wonder Woman, stuff like that. Right. But I don't think they believe it for something like the Suicide mm-hmm. Squad. Um, I, I think you know. I mean, obviously, before the before the Marvel announcement, a, a few weeks later, they were first out. They get the the first to announce a female-led superhero movie. Yeah. The first to announce a movie led by a minority 
you know, and in Cyborg, um, you know, it's weird that they announce a Flash movie with a star and it's under so little fanfare. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's Ezra Miller is nothing. And I think that's because the show just launched and they didn't really want to splice people's attention or confuse people about what was going on. Ezra Miller's going to be the Flash? Yes. Mm-hmm. That, and who is Ezra Miller? Uh, I have no idea. Okay. But it's still like you would think that for one of their biggest properties, they would have sort of announced it a little bigger. Hmm. Um, my biggest question is what the hell Green Lantern is going to be. Because I feel like it's going to be Hal Jordan. Because they're going to do prime characters for all the others. You don't think Stewart? No, I don't think so. I think that you don't do it eleven years after the, you know, the, the Ryan Reynolds one. If you're planning on doing John Stewart, you do that one right away. That makes sense. You know, I, I think that also you're not going to have Barry Allen, Bruce Wayne, you know, all all of the regular characters, and then do a a, a, a legacy Green Lantern. I don't think. But didn't the kids growing up? watching the justice league cartoon grow up with Stuart. they absolutely did but with those other main characters was it was it barry allen i think flesh? no it's wally west it was wally wally west. okay yeah so <clears throat> they were already kind of into legacy characters in the cartoon world at that point but i think that they want to do the prime characters and do them right before they go on to sort of anything legacy so i think it's an interesting slate and i think it will really matter because look i don't think it's going to be the way it was at Marvel, I don't think there's going to be. I'm sure there'll be someone who's kind of keeping track of continuity and stuff like that. But I don't think you're going to have a, a, a Kevin Feige, you know, who is kind of really controlling everything that happens. I think they're going to be leaving it up to the creatives and give them like, here are guidelines. Like, don't do this, don't do that. You can't, you can't do that. You can't do that. Go ahead and do what you're going to do, because that seems to be more how Warner Brothers operates. You know, they're Marvel Studios came out of being a comic book company first, and then creating a movie studio. And it's the up other way around for Warner right. Brothers. So I think what you're going to end up getting is um, probably some movies. I think there are going to be some movies that we're all going to sit around and say, well, that was a great movie. I don't know if it was a great adaptation of, of the character. And you're going to get some that are, and you're going to get some that we don't like. I think that, I think there's going to be, is going to run the spectrum, but I think the announcements were really interesting. I, I think that it could have been more, you know, m- more typical. There could have been another Batman movie on there. There yeah. could have been another Superman movie on there. Yeah, there were and there's not. There was a Man of Steel too. Yeah, who's going to be in the pile. And there's mm-hmm. not. Stephanie, what do you think about this lineup? Um, I feel crappy because I know everyone's sick of us ragging on the DC <laughs> stuff. But like the truth is, I'm just not excited for a lot of them. Um, I would be excited to see uh, a Wonder Woman movie, possibly with Catherine Bigelow on board. But that also depends on who's writing the screenplay for that. Mm-hmm. Um. I think that the photos um, and minor costume quips aside that Gal Gadot has started to prove that she at least can look the part. Um, so, you know, it'll be a matter of, again, what kind of uh, presence she has in the Justice League movie and who really um, comes to bring her uh, fully to fruition for the first time uh, on the big screen. And um, that being a said justice league dark would be something that like you said i would be the most excited for i think especially with guillermo del toro on board that whole kind of magic mysticism and just guillermo del toro appeals to me that appeals to me uh but it's obviously not there and but the aquaman with jason momoa is something that is way up my alley very much so and not just because of jason momoa (laughs) um i think it doesn't if I think if they could incorporate the DC new 52 stuff and maybe get like Jeff Johns on as at least a co screenplay writer, 
um, that could really keep my interest for that film at least. Um, I'd like to see him kind of bring in Mira. Um, and if that happened, my interest would be like, it would go from like a six, seven to probably about a nine. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like the suicide squad thing interests me. Um, although I'm not interested to see a continuation of slutty Harley. (laughs) I have no interest in that. Uh, I was at the silver snail on Wednesday and my friend Andrea pointed out that what they've really essentially done to Harley is deadpooled her. Mm. Um, and that really kind of just was like, Oh my God. Yes. They've turned her into slutty Deadpool. (laughs) Um, and I have no interest in seeing that if they want to kind of actually do a cool suicide squad, like, um, what is it? Assault on Arkham. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, minus again, like if you could maybe please respectfully do, (laughs) you know, a Harley that I could get behind and not, you know, in a sexy way, (laughs) um, I would really be into that. I don't even think you're going to see Harley in that movie. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. I, but who else would they possibly, I mean, they can't just do dudes. No, they won't. But there are some female characters that were kind of in the original runs that they've mentioned that are not lesser known characters um, that they'd probably bring in because I don't think you can introduce Harley first in something that's not a Batman related, you know, yeah, maybe project. Um, but I think Harley, I mean, most of the people who would go see a Suicide Squad movie grew up with Batman, the animated series. Yeah, I don't know, but still, I don't think so. I thought you, you have to I think you have to respect like the, the your universe you're creating in a movie. We, you know, and you have to origin people, I think. I, mean, I don't think that's true with any of these GC movies. Well, I mean, they're they're origining the characters, whether or not we agree with how they're doing it or not. They're not just throwing people in, Steve. Well, I mean, you have the Harley Quinn character is Dr. Harley Quinzel before she meets the Joker. Right. If you're going to have Harley Quinn, you have to introduce the Joker because yeah, right. otherwise she would not yeah. have become yeah. Harley Quinn. Absolutely. You have to, she is in very, she's intrinsically tied to the Joker. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that that's why and all the rumors I've heard is they're not doing Harley Quinn in the Suicide Squad, at least in any sort of Harley Quinn mode. Maybe we'll see. Doctor Quinzel yeah. in some way or, or another, but she could just be in Arkham. Yeah, she could be, you know, like a Easter egg character. Yeah. Um, well, sorry. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, everything else is kind of hit or miss for me right now. I mean, the Flash an- announcing that, like you said, like it just seems a bit weird to me after they've gotten off on the right foot with yeah. the show. So good. It's it's a weird time to announce the Flash starring someone who's not the guy from the show. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. But. Uh, Cyborg also interests me too, but mostly because uh, it's it's kind of a side property. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I think those have a lot more potential to be successful at this point. I think the Justice League and Wonder Woman um, and some of the other stuff is too uh, too much like tied into DC playing Me Too with Marvel. Um, and I think some of these side projects. Uh, that aren't, you know, the main focus of DC have the uh, bigger potential to actually be better. Interesting. Steve, what about you? What's, what, what are you looking forward to most on this slate? Uh, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what they do with Suicide Squad. Uh, just, I've always, I've said this again and again, just the concept of Suicide Squad, I think is a lot of fun. The whole, you know, bad guys working for the bad guys, bombs in your neck, 
you know, if you disobey, you get blown up. Mm. You got to do the ridiculous missions that, you know, nobody else can do because if you do them, so on and so forth, you know what the Suicide mm. Squad are. Uh, I'm curious to find out what kind of team they're going to put together if Harley Quinn is not a part of that. I mean, that's a huge dollar for them that if she's not in the movie, what female character are you going to have? Are you going to introduce, you know, a new lesser known character? Are we going to get somebody really cool out of the whole lineup? Because it can't be all dudes. No, it's not it going to be all dudes. Yeah, it can't. Yeah. Um, I'm also very excited for Aquaman. Mm. Uh, I like Jason Momoa a lot, but I am very curious to see what they do with the Aquaman universe. If we're going to go, you know, under the sea and have all these like mer people and just giant, you know, kingdoms made out of, you know, ridiculous monstrous clamshells and what have you. Mm -hmm. And uh, just the like the typhoons and the attacks and the, the giant like ridiculous effects that they can do specifically with that character and that property. Um, on screen, especially in 3D, I think could end up being a lot of fun. Mm. Like if they do that giant tidal wave with him riding the shark, like in 3D right into your face, <laughs> I'm so yeah. for that. Uh, I think that would be great. And I'm really, I'm a big fan of The Rock. I like him as a, as a person mm. and as an, as an actor. Um, never watched a bit of his wrestling though, but I just, <laughs> I like him otherwise. I'm very, very excited to see him in Shazam. Yeah. Um, don't know who Sh Shazam's going to be yet, but he's going to be Black Adam. Mm. Um, he does great villains and I just, his neck, his <laughs> neck is perfect <laughs> for that role. Um, I mean, whether or not, um, and cyborg like Stephanie said, mm. just for the obscurity and the, Hey, you know, you got this gig and you're going to be in this giant movie, but we're also going to give you your own thing. Like mm. what a, what a thing to luck into yeah. talk about stepping in shit. <laughs> and, um, but it's going to be my excitement level from, when the next you know DC movie, the big Batman vs Superman, is released, I'm really, really hoping that that will restore my excitement and and faith in DC's ability to to deliver for me personally, mm -hmm. not for everybody, but right. just for me. Yeah. Um. So I'm really hoping to to like that movie a lot so that it gets me pumped, just like I'm like I'm pumped for all the Marvel films mm -hmm. that are coming out. I want to feel that with DC as well, and they're gonna have to they're gonna have to step up if if I'm gonna be there. Cool. Justin, what are you most excited for? Green Lantern. Really? Yeah. I love Green Lantern. Um, you got a long time to wait. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that was the thing that disappointed me the most. Um, I'm excited about all of this. Like, I, like my feelings for Man of Steel aren't as strong as uh, everybody on the shows. Um, but get the hell out of yeah, here! Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's his house. We can't send him out. I'll, I'll leave my. I'll, I'll leave. You guys can stay here. Um, but I'm super pumped about all of this. The one that like stood out to me immediately besides Green Lantern was Aquaman. And I, I, immediately I thought, like, that's their Thor. But it, it isn't, isn't in a way because the Justice League is going to come out first. Mm -hmm. Where Thor was like, all right, Marvel was like, let's see if this takes, like, if people are going to get into this whole space mm -hmm. god thing. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I thought of was when you first enter Asgard for the first time and you're looking at the kingdom. Like, I thought, like, what a badass way to do that if you did it with Atlantis. And I was thinking, like, well, then that would help people get into it. But he's already going to be in the Justice League. So besides Green Lantern, I'm, I'm most interested to see what they do with Aquaman. Like, a dude who can talk to, you know, sea life. <laughs> like, I have to see that on I have to see that on the big screen. <laughs> the rest of it, you know, I'm pumped for Wonder Woman. I'm, I'm excited about um, The Flash. Like, I, ha I know next to nothing about Shazam. 
and I like The Rock too, but I just can't take The Rock seriously at times. So I'm like, I for me, I I'm wondering how he's going to be as Black uh, as Black Adam. Have I you seen him know. in the Fast and Furious movies? Yes, I've seen him in the Fast and Furious <laughs> movies. That's not the best example. I take him very seriously, <laughs> especially his perspiration. Now. <laughs> There's no denying that whatsoever. You know um, what The Rock is cookied? A serious career in acting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was nice. a good one. Nice. That, that was, was a, a good, good one. one. <laughs> the best part about all this was that Ray Fisher had no idea they were doing a cyborg. Yeah, the guy was playing movie. cyborg. Yeah, <laughs> so cool. He's like, "Oh, what? Yeah. I, I'm going to st- okay if yeah. you guys want yeah, me yeah. to." Yeah. The the fascinating thing right about this is, and we're going to get to Marvel announcements in just a minute. It's that for for better, for mostly for better, but sometimes for worse, we look at that Marvel and Slate announcement, and we kind of know what all of those movies are going to look and feel like in some way or the other, right? Mm-hmm. You know the Marvel tone. You know that it's going to have the polish, that, that mix of humor and seriousness. Mm-hmm. It's going to have a couple big action sequences and a lot of dialogue. You, you kind of know, right? With these movies, we have no idea. Mm-hmm. We've had one movie, that's it, and I guarantee you that is not going to be what all the movies look like. No. If you hire... Catherine Bigelow to make a movie, you're not going to let her make it look like Zack Snyder's movie. You're going to let her do whatever she wants. And that is both terrifying with these movies and I think very exciting, you know? Because yeah. who knows what Aquaman's going to look like? You know, yeah. I have no freaking idea what it's going to look like. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what is this reimagined Green Lantern going to look like? How are they going to do the flash effects? All of this stuff um, is totally up in the air and, and out there for me. And I mean, Marvel has started to break them a little bit. Like, Guardians of the Galaxy doesn't look like a lot of their other movies and stuff like that. But it, it's still – you still know kind of the Marvel style, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what's going to happen with, with this. It's sort of like the opposite of the the comics, right? Like, we, mm-hmm. you kind of know what DC Comics are going to look like. And you're, you, you, you never know when you open a Marvel comic what the hell it's going to look like. That's and good it's, point. it's kind of the opposite in this, right? So – um, we'll have to see what that becomes. It's easier for us to judge and be excited about the Marvel stuff because we have an we think we have an idea of what they're going to be. But for the DC stuff, we have no idea except for the new the next Batman movie and possibly the Justice League movies because they're directed by the same guy, right? Or the first Justice League movie is uh, uh, you know at least. But who knows? Uh, I think by breaking out by some of the oddball picks there, I've, I've said for a long time I really thought that the two movie studios fortunes in the same in as some way resembled where they were at comic book companies in the 60s when Marvel mm. exploded in that Marvel's books were this interconnected goofy universe of strange things that anyone could run into anybody on a street corner in mm-hmm. New York and it was yeah the heroes fought but it was fun mm-hmm. and they, they'd come back together and things would happen and DC was this monolithic all the good guys in one place and mm. they're all exactly the same and when you you Oh, boy, I'll go down this road again. Okay, you look at the Nolan movies and then Man of Steel, and they were of a similar cast. Mm-hmm. It was the mm-hmm. same thing. This, just as you're saying, this breaks that mold. Yeah. And as disappointed as we all were with Man of Steel, there is now a chance for something really different happening somewhere in here that mm-hmm. may change the way we look at all of them, even maybe yeah. that one going backwards. Right. If it, if it gets reclaimed somehow mm-hmm. by BS. Right, right. <laughs> Oh, is that Batman Superman? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Good one, Bob. All right. So uh, that's the DC slate. Um, I think that let us know what you guys are most excited about in all the movies they've announced. And uh, we will read them in a couple weeks, I guess. Yes. <laughs> um, now let's move on to Marvel. So Marvel the other day had, I think it was Tuesday, had a Apple-like unveiling mm-hmm. of the rest of their, their movie slate. Now, leading up to this, we had heard nearly confirmed rumors that Benedict Cumberbatch was going to play... Doctor Strange. Yeah. That did not get confirmed there. And Kevin Feige even said, 
if if it was confirmed casting, we would have talked about it today. So, I mean, that's obviously we've talked about that possible casting before. Yeah. It's nearly perfect. So we, we will move on from that. Right. That didn't get announced. So I figured we were going to hear about that, though. I figured that's why the rumors started cropping up, right? Because they were trying desperately to get him signed so they could announce it at, yeah. at this panel. They didn't, obviously. But they announced uh, oh, so much stuff. Not <laughs> so much, much stuff. stuff, Bobby. Yeah. Well, Justin's going to let us know. What movies they announced? I gotta tell you, I, I, I should start with what movies they didn't announce. <laughs> yeah. So no they, Hulk movie. <laughs> there you go. No, no Black Widow. And no Black Widow. All, and also no mention of that hopeful deal with Sony. Yes. No no mention of Spider Man. Anyway, oh <laughs> May 6, twenty sixteen. It's funny they they led it with Captain America Serpent Society. Mm-hmm. That's what it says here, but it's yeah. Captain America Civil War. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a cheat. They, they were throwing a little cheat out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Serpent Society would be a great story. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, after that, uh, November 4th, 2016, Doctor Strange. May 5th, 2017, Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. July 28th, 2017, Thor Ragnarok. Mm. November 3rd, 2017, Black Panther. May 4th, 2018, Avengers Infinity War Part 1. July 6th, 2018, Captain Marvel. Then November 2nd, 2018, Inhumans... And it closes May 3rd, 2019, Avengers Affinity War, Part 2. All right. It was so uh, funny. So how just like matter of fact, you read those announcements <laughs> compared to the way it felt when it actually happened. So well, I, there was a lot less screaming. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's lead off with obviously the big one. We're not going to bury the lead on <laughs> this. Uh, Captain Marvel. What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? What is the date again? Uh, the date. July is... 6th, 2018. Look at this guy in his memory. He got yeah. it. I don't remember a lot. I remember that. <laughs> so um, I was well. Let's let's skip props for props to do. Hugh Perry, a great our, a great news yeah. guy, yep. was live tweeting the event, um, and I was following along. Um, and I went into a meeting. I was going into a meeting at my job right as right when they announced Black Panther, and I was like, "That's awesome!" Uh, you know, Black Panther got announced. And then I put my phone in my pocket, and then my phone went and wouldn't stop vibrating for at least two minutes. And I was like, okay, I gotta look. And I looked, and, and I was in the middle of the meeting, and nearly had to like leave the meeting because I was so excited mm-hmm. that Captain Marvel got announced. I, I was on the phone with my grandmother, <laughs> and I'm talking to her, I have it up to my ear. And I feel the phone vibrating as I'm talking to her, and I know the event's going on. And I'm like, yeah, it's nice, Grandma. It's okay. I love you, too. Come on. Let's go. Wrap it up. Go to hell, Grandma. (laughs) Wrap it up, Grandma. I'll talk to you on Saturday. Um, So, yeah. I mean, obviously, a revelation. Bob, I want to go to you first. I I said this on Twitter today. Um, The San Francisco Giants won the World Series for the third time in five years. So, old hat at this point. Dynasty? Who even cares anymore? No, I'm just kidding. I do. And Captain Marvel got announced in the movie. So, how happy are you? This week, I'm elated. <laughs> uh, Wonder Woman's big. Obviously, she's the first major superheroine. It's important that that gets out there. But for new readers, for the for this present, Carol Danvers is Marvel's Wonder Woman, and she stands for something else than what has ever come before. It's the reclaiming of a marketplace. It's new readers who never read comic books before who are going to have a hero. On the screen, the equal of Thor and Superman, and she's going to be there and be different and have agency and be a complete woman before, not some adjunct to other characters. 
you know, as I was writing emails, as people emailed me, I don't get I don't get tweets, and my pocket doesn't buzz except when I've you know eaten too many Brussels sprouts. So it's sorry, sorry. I don't know where oh that God. came. I don't know where that came from. Full disclosure here on the talking. Yes, yes. I have gas. I'm old. Get, deal with it. Uh, I was tearing up typing these things. It is it is that big to me. I think it's a complete game changer moving forward. Kevin Feige had spoken about yeah, we want to do a Black Widow movie. But he always mentioned they'd get no credit for doing that because they already introduced her, and okay, yeah, so it's it's the natural thing to do. This is Guardians all over again. Let's take some character that no one really knows except the real hardcore people, and show them what this character is about. I love that this could make the book sell the way it's supposed to. That now we start to get the flashback from regular readers who decide. Wow, you know, people have talked about this, but we never we never tried it, despite that guy in the talking comic show yakking about it for two years straight and never shutting up. You know, take a shot. Here's a character you're going to love reading it and seeing it played out live. I think it's just amazing. And that's probably the only thing that could have trumped the Black Panther, right, which yeah. I'm so happy that they have the rights to. Mm-hmm. I thought that was going to Fox mm-hmm. as a Fantastic Four character. And the concept art yeah. is just amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a, it's a heck of a slate of movies. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll go to go to somebody yeah. else on Captain Marvel. We'll come back around to everything else. I'm sure. <laughs> Stephanie, I want to hear from you because you wrote a very beautiful piece. Yes. It's on yes, talking it comics, and it's also on your personal blog. Um, how did you feel when you heard this announcement? Uh, I probably tweeted about 15 gifs uh, <laughs> in a row, which like subsequently got like. Uh, retweeted like a zillion times and then I got all these messages are like where the hell do you keep finding these gifts <laughs> like they're perfect and I the answer is I have them on my phone for moments when <laughs> things like this happen um, uh, but I am over the moon for this even more so than Wonder Woman and I think that's because uh, and again I'm sorry everyone but like DC has soured um, my outlook on what they can do with these movies, whereas every Marvel movie just gets better and better. And the idea of a Captain Marvel movie coming um, is just jaw-dropping. A lot of people were upset that it wasn't a Black Widow film. And you know what? Like, we've been getting a lot of Black Widow in Avengers, and she basically, like, it wasn't, you know... Like, Winter Soldier was basically buddy cop Captain America Black Widow. Um, and I think it's the right move for them to do Captain Marvel because, um, you know, they're trying to usher in a new era of readers and a new generation of people that are going to love these movies and these comics. And Captain Marvel is that face of a new generation for women and for kids and just anyone who wants to, you know, dream and that sounds so hokey but that's what carol danvers is you know she's a role model that is flawed and you know she knows that she makes mistakes constantly but she falls down and she gets back up and that's what makes her the probably one of the best superheroes that we've seen maybe ever um she's Someone that, you know, has powers that we can't comprehend, but everything else about her is so relatable that it doesn't matter. And I think that's going to translate so well on the big screen. And the fact that Kelly Sudaconic is involved with it is just like if it's even 
a third of how good Winter Soldier was because Ed Brubaker was on board with it, I can't even imagine how amazing this movie is going to be. Her first tweet was great because she didn't know it was happening. It was just, yeah. oh, wow. <laughs> that, was, yeah. that was her tweet. I saw that. Yeah. I liked her Her next one. I was like, well, I'm going to have ulcers for the next three years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I love, too, that it was like the, the comic book logo. It was the, it was oh, the same yeah. logo. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. um, Steve, how'd you feel? I freaked out. <laughs> I freaked out. I was bouncing up and down in my seat. Seeing the, the Captain Marvel like marquee logo as an official... You know, we've seen these little teaser images before. They've done it for comics, and now they they have their official logos for the movies. Seeing Captain Marvel's name in that lineup was just—I was—I was astonished. I really, really, really was. Uh, I did not know when we would see her, or even if we would see her. You know, Bob has been pushing for her to be in the Ultron movie for the longest time. He still has has a gut feeling. Um, I hope so. I don't know that we're going to see her that early. Um, I'm thinking Guardians 2. James Gunn's already said no. Okay. She, she will not be in Guardians first. Okay. So I, I think you might see um, Carol mm-hmm. pop up and in, in stuff. She won't be Captain Marvel yet. I doubt it. Right. Yeah. And there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of groundwork to be laid yeah. to make her Captain Marvel. Um, I just, I think it's a brilliant move. This character means so much to so many people. And I mean, even in the grand, the grand scope of things, like I don't remember, I don't remember a Marvel character coming out of the way that Carol Danvers has in these past two years. There were times when everybody, there were rumors going around that the, it was canceled. They're like, oh, it's done. It's mm-hmm. done. And then, no, it's not. We're planning and we're coming back and we're relaunching and we're doing this whole thing. And, f- you know, for all the people that believed in this character and love this character and you know, all the the groups that Kelly Sue has created or, or have been created because of her work and her, you know, the way that she is with her personality with these people and how she takes her time. It's so nice to see a character that was, you know, nurtured and loved and crafted from all of this, like, really positive, meaningful stuff within the industry and not even just within the industry, but in general, for, for women, for, for men, and for comic book, you know, people in general, we got a real, genuine article hero out of this. And Marvel has taken note of that and all the clamoring for Captain Marvel. She's got to be, she's got to be in the new phase. She's got to be. They listened and they said, well, let's think about this. Let's investigate. Let's see what we can do. Is there really a chance for this to make it? And they looked and they said, you know what? There is. Let's make let's take this this female character and let's make her bigger than she's ever been. Um, and it's that that confidence that just makes me like super elated to to see her name in, in huge letters like that. And knowing that Kelly Sue is going to be, you know, a consultant or whatnot. I mean, bring it on. Yeah, it's so amazing. Awesome. Justin, what about you? Well, I tweeted you. As soon as it was over and pretty much was just yelling words. Yeah. And then I tweeted, at, I tweeted at the show, like, can I come on and just yell, like, unintelligibly for a couple hours? Um, I'm, I'm excited, just like everybody else is, about Captain Marvel. Um, I think it is a tremendous step. Uh, the, the same with Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman hit the, the screen first. I want the best things for Wonder Woman. I want Captain Marvel to be amazing. The thing I, I think – the thing I was most excited about is Infinity War. Mm. Like, part one, part two, like – Yes, one hundred and ten percent. Like, it brought tears to my eyes when I watched that that little teaser thing that they showed because 
you're right. It's, it's the culmination of everything they've been doing since Iron Man came out mm-hmm. and that you were, we're actually seeing like, okay, this is what's going to happen. This is where they're going. This is where this is all going to end up in this massive two-part movie. If I had to pick one movie that really uh, got me jazzed, it would be Doctor Strange. I've been waiting for Doctor Strange ever since he was an Easter egg in Spider-Man 2. <laughs> uh, and the, the casting rumors that have come out this week, um, I think it, it, if it works out, I think it'll be perfect. But to have the, the supernatural and magic, and I mean, uh, Kevin Feige was saying that you know we're going to be seeing alternate dimensions and things like that. To see all that come in, like we brought in the cosmic stuff, I, that's, that's the thing I'm most excited for for this next phase. But to see everything come together in Infinity War is going to make my head explode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's funny because uh, the two things I feel like are got kind of steamrolled by the Captain Marvel mm-hmm. announcement um, are the Black Panther announcement and the Inhumans one. It seems like it just died. I mean, I'm incredibly excited that they're actually yeah. doing it. Yeah. Um, but Black Panther, we already have an actor, uh, Chadwick Boseman, who was in 42 and was in the James Brown biopic that came out this year. <sighs> Uh, who is a fantastic actor and has been rumored for a while. Um, it was rumored that he was cast like a year ago or something like that. And I mean, I think you're going to see T'Challa show up in Age of Ultron. I think yeah. that it's much more likely for T'Challa to show up there because yeah. I think vibranium is going to be a very big deal in that movie. Obviously, Ultron's shell is vibranium. Mm-hmm. We see the broken cap shield if he has to redo his shield. We see Claw, the, that uh, the, the um, master of sound. Yeah. He's signed on for five films. Yeah, I think yeah. you're gonna at least going to see him cameo in age of ultron they filmed in south africa as well didn't they oh i'm not sure yeah they definitely filmed okay. in south africa oh yeah they did in johannesburg but yeah. i mean uh that i think you're seeing that's that's a lot of the city stuff that you're seeing in, in that trailer so i i think that you definitely can get him early but i think that's an awesome announcement really really cool like you said the concept art they nailed the look of the character that's what they're going with it's awesome um infinity war I have now. I have no idea what Infinity War is going to be because I don't know. How I it's going to be crazy big with whatever roster of characters that we're going to get in and out of that. I have no idea um, what it's going to be, but it seems really awesome. I mean, the worst kept secret in the world, which is Captain America: Civil War, hmm. um, which Feige has said it's going to be different. It's going to take the basis, kind of the idea where the comics went, and go somewhere else. Well, they can't really do it because no one has a secret identity here. Right? Exactly. So they've got to go for something different. Yeah. It's about the idea of. I'm going to imagine mm. what's a hero. Exactly. What do, you, what do you need to do to be a hero? What What is your goal? And so on. That's that's a deeper, more meaningful yeah. bit than registration. That was just nonsense. Yeah. Anyway. But I think it's going to be amazing. I think the core of it is going to be like, I think it's some of the core, some of them are like, well, I don't want to be, I don't want to work for the government. Like, yeah. You know, because that's not what being a hero is about. It's about believing in something and doing something by yourself. Um, so I'm interested to see what happens there. Uh, the one I want to, the Thor Ragnarok announcement, I think, is interesting because I didn't expect, for whatever reason, for there to be a Thor movie in, in this phase. Um, I, guess, I think that's probably, probably pretty stupid of me to not think that because they've done <laughs> two and they've both been very successful and he's a very well liked character. Um, but the idea of doing Ragnarok, which is obviously the end of all things, um, I, I think you can definitely see seeds in this phase of phasing out the original Avengers characters yes. and bringing in new ones. Yeah. And I think that whether or not Thor dies or not in Ragnarok, I think it's going to be, things are going to be completely different for him by the time that movie's over. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, you know, the, 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 it's interesting because I feel like there's all these announcements and then if any war part two is 2019. Yeah. I don't. I can't even imagine what they're gonna do after 2019. So the point, I'm like, am I just gonna be like 2019? I'm gonna be like, I can't take anymore. Like I'm just done. <laughs> I'm done with these. You'll movies, be ready, you know. But super excited. Um, 
Well, they imply that, you know, uh, Captain America is going to die in Avengers 2, uh, which, and, you know, given that the comic is heading, um, uh, Falcon is becoming Captain America, I wonder if Captain America 3, after this phase, um, you know, it'll either be Bucky or um, Sam. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Captain America 3, which is Civil War, um, Captain America Civil War, I think he, they've already confirmed Chris Evans as yeah. the star of that movie. Yeah. yeah. I think it's going to be, I think T'Challa is going to be part of that movie as yeah. well. Didn't, um, Se- didn't Sebastian Shaw get signed to like a long-term deal oh, as yeah, well? Oh, yeah. yeah. They, I, yeah. I think Nine. he's only been in one so far. <laughs> yeah. Oh, two, excuse, two. Two, excuse yeah. me. Yeah. So I think he picks up the shield somewhere along the yeah. way. Oh, definitely. And because yes. uh, Chris Evans has already stated that after his contract's done, he's done. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're absolutely right, Stephanie. I think that once you get, I, I think maybe more likely in Avengers 3, we see Cap maybe bite bite it in one of those one of those two and have the uh, other guys take up the mantle because i think one of those two avengers movies it's probably gonna be part two they're gonna have the whole band together i can't imagine i think that's why they're doing it in two parts so they can have avengers movie with kind of the new cast and then bring Taking them all back the old one yeah, yeah. And then bring them all back to have one like final yeah. hurrah but yeah. Stephanie, other than captain marvel what movie in that slate are you most excited about um captain marvel um <laughs> captain marvel uh captain marvel Black Panther, um, and Captain Marvel, I think. <laughs> okay, so Black Panther is the other one you're most excited about. Yeah, I think, you know, I was hearing somebody say that, like, I, I, like within, you know, five minutes of the announcement, somebody's like, I'm so disappointed, and I wanted to be like, I want to strangle you, this is the most diverse announcement that they've made so far, and you are just being a troll. <laughs> and I'm so shocked, because, you know, the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I sat there just like, oh my god, wow, I'm so shocked. Um <laughs> But I just think that this announcement is paving the way. And Marvel, and uh, movies aside, I want to just kind of say that Marvel is really capitalizing on, um, like, they, they're revolutionizing how to make these announcements, you know, and how to get people excited. Like, uh, they're making steps forward where DC is kind of just like, look, it, here's a press release, yay! To be fair, that's how they've always done it until Marvel just did it this this way. Yeah, I know, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like Marvel's yeah. making these steps forward, and like this announcement was so exciting because you know it wasn't just words on paper. It was, you know, these people getting together to tell us what's happening. It was like a mini San Diego Comic Con, or even kind of like Image Expo, yeah. but just for these Marvel movies. And I just thought it was such a fantastic way to do it and to get people hyped for this mm-hmm. and um showing people footage and just you know having the stars there to do this announcement really kind of showed that like showed us that these actors and everyone on board with these films is excited for them too um i think the black panther will be really interesting just because it's uh, a lot different than something than anything we've seen before in the Marvel U, uh, as far as the movie stuff mm-hmm. goes. Um, and I, I, I'm sort of interested in the Doctor Strange stuff. I, I honestly like I was rooting for after we knew that my buddy from the Mummy wasn't going to cast. <laughs> I was really, really, really rooting for Colin Farrell. He has crazy eyebrow game. <laughs> and like I was like, oh, that would have been so perfect. And even Ewan McGregor. And then, like, after they had all these perfect actors, and I was like, yes, this, yes, this. And then I was like, 
Ben- I might have been happy with Benedict Cumberbatch if you hadn't paraded all of these other perfect people in front of me. Oh, I think he's the most perfect for it. I think you're wrong. I think I think I'm right. <laughs> I, think, I think you're right too. <laughs> I think your face is wrong. Uh, but yeah, no, I I think that um, movie announcements aside, Marvel really uh, took a step up in showcasing how to make these announcements, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is also a big thing to note. Um, it just, I can't wait for cool. Guardians 2 as well, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Bob, oh, you're going to say something? And wait, 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 one more thing. <laughs> and in Thor 2, or in Thor 3 with Ragnarok, they had best bring in the shield maidens. Yo. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. They had better, oh. or I will riot and throw shit. I will throw shit and flip tables. I also want to see, you know, Sir to the Fire Demon and Force yeah. Giants and yeah, definitely. Like go for Bro. I think there you're going to end up seeing Thor as the Lord of Asgard, mm-hmm. and that's where he'll retire to for, mm-hmm. to keep bees or whatever in Asgard. <laughs> I want to see Valkyrie show up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I definitely want to mm-hmm. see all that. To me, w- love to see the, these Fantastic Four characters get some sort mm-hmm. of love, so it's in humans and mm-hmm. Panther. I'm with Justin. Doctor Strange and those extra Ditko-esque dimensions that can now be realized. When you see you know, Thanos on the rocks and mm. whatever, that's Ditko. I want to see Dormammu. I want to <laughs> see mindless ones and lightning bolts and all this stuff going on. And, and while I agree with you, Steph, that uh, Colin Farrell, Hugh McGregor would be really interesting, we're really looking. That movie's, what, 2018? No, that's no, 16. 16. That's 16. Okay. Yeah. We're talking about that like, like that's close. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's still two years out, and yeah. they're going to look to sign someone for nine pictures. Yeah. If you hire someone who's nearly my age, <laughs> by the time we get to where he's going to join up with the Defenders from the TV mm. show, where else is going to happen, he'll be in a walker. <laughs> and, you know, you, you don't kind of want that. And as much as – if you could make that movie now and make three mm. Doctor Strange movies right now with Hugh McGregor, Colin Farrell, mm. I'd sign up immediately. Mm. I think they're looking longer term. And, you know, you've got a guy who's in his, what, late 20s? Yeah, late 20s, definitely. And I think he can bring the angst as well as the, the bemusement that mm. is going to be neat here based on what I've seen on Sherlock. So yeah. I'm pretty, pretty up on this. I want this to happen. Yeah. Justin, Wait, I mentioned. Do you think Benedict Cumberbatch is in his late twenties? He is in his yeah. late twenties. He was born in 1976. Really? He doesn't look. He looks a lot younger than that. He baby does. face. Yeah, he's a baby face. Justin, uh, two things. Uh, when I was talking about Sebastian Shaw, mm. that's an excellent. Sebastian Stan, yeah. yeah. Sebastian, it's Stan. Sebastian Stan. And the other thing, that, uh, just that was hysterical. Was well, as soon as the Doctor Strange casting was all mm. announced and everything. Uh, somebody posted a picture and it was like, I'm just glad that in one universe this exists. And it's a picture of Tom Selleck <laughs> as Doctor <laughs> Strange. And that just made my entire day. <laughs> Steve, other than Captain Marvel, movie you're most excited about? Inhumans. Inhumans. Or Inhuman, whatever. It's they... Inhumans. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm very excited for the Inhumans. I would love to see Lockjaw and Medusa and Black Bolt and all of them uh, up on the screen, but just like Guardians of the Galaxy where nobody really knew what it was going to be or how it was going to be pulled off or done by the time that we actually get to the Inhumans and we've had they've had all that time to just make better and better and better movies when they usher in an entirely different race into their film verse i think it's just going to it's going to blow everything wide open and dictate what happens the following couple years mm-hmm. like you know phase 4 I suppose mm-hmm. would would be by then. Um, I can't even wait to see who they cast for right? Black Bolt. Yeah, like they, that person is going to have to 
be able to emote it's gonna be so Vin Diesel. much. It's going to be Vin wow. Diesel. What? I th- I, I'm out. pretty sure that's what it's going to be. No, because I think he talked about there was like a project he's working with Marvel with that was way far off. And the reason he did Groot was because the, it had gotten out and he wanted to do something with them then. So I, I, that's who I think, I think he's playing too. Okay, I, I like Vin Diesel, but that guy, a moat? <laughs> he- Have you ever seen The Pacifier? <laughs> and you like Dwayne Johnson. I don't get it. He's well, way better than than. I mean, no, The Rock is way better than yeah, Vin Diesel. Did you Thank see what, you. what The Rock bought his mother for her birthday? I'm not saying he's not a terrific person. <laughs> is it a cooker? No, he bought her the car that she always wanted. Oh, very nice. At a at a house. Okay, well, sidebar <laughs> off away from that. No, Vin Diesel, you are not playing Black Bolt. I put my foot down. <laughs> I'm sure they're listening to you, Stephanie. I'm sure, like, oh, Vin was signed, but we're gonna take it off now because I I hope so. Stephanie Cook said no. For real, no. <laughs> he can play Lockjaw. <laughs> Who he plays can do Medusa? Like, no, but he can do uh-huh. like the motion capture, like Andy Serkis. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm really excited for the Inhumans. Um, I am excited for Doctor Strange. Uh, you know, rumor has it that it's going to be Marvel's kind of first horror themed or just darkly themed, lots of supernatural stuff. And, you know, like Bob and Justin said, all the interdimensional stuff and the lightning and the Ditko-esque mm-hmm. uh, environments and everything. Super uh, excited about that, but I have to say the uh, the one that I'm really the most excited for is the Black Panther. I that concept art that they shared with that costume, he looks amazing. Like if you're going to do the Black Panther and you're going to update his his look and his style, that's the best thing that they could have come up with. If they don't use that, I will be upset. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to seeing Wakanda. I'm hoping that Shuri uh, makes an appearance. And that there's maybe a little sibling rivalry uh, rivalry going on, and um, just to see a, a whole a whole other weird world, um, we might even get the Savage Land mm. uh, at some point in this phase. You never know. Um, maybe even in Doctor Strange for like two minutes. <laughs> you know, we went to the wrong porthole. Or, I don't know if I can whatever. take Devil Dinosaur. <laughs> well, he's not really from me. He's there now. Yeah, I know. Really from, that, that may belong to Fox. Yeah, it's trading oh, X-Men territory. Yeah. yeah. But I'm looking forward to to seeing Chadwick Boseman like basically own the character, and by the time that Black Panther comes out, if he appears in a couple movies, heading up his own thing. Um, I've seen little bits of the the James Brown biopic, and he nailed it, and it was awesome. And um, just to you know, just like the cyborg character, I'm really glad to see that these these companies and these people that Marvel and DC are putting minority characters, you know forward and and giving them their own platforms because these are awesome characters they deserve it just like anybody any other character does and um yeah i just i i like i like the obscure things of course i'm excited about you know other avengers stuff and infinity war but i i we all knew that those were coming i'm excited about the other stuff Mm-hmm. You know, the the riskier properties, you know, what are they going to do to prove to everybody that this character is badass? How are, how are we going to see Black Panther all of a sudden rise to become this ridiculously cool character that everybody's talking about? So that's that's what I'm looking forward to. Seeing. I think they're past the risk phase. Yeah, I, don't think, yeah. I think they're, they're well, then, the risk is like all right. I think the galaxy is about as obscure as you can get. Well, then all the better. Yeah, yeah. Because absolutely. then then if it's a guaranteed thing. Then let's keep doing it. Yeah, let's, let's get more of them. Absolutely. Squirrel girl. Squirrel girl. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's one, gonna, one quick. Yeah. Sorry one, about just while we're talking about diversity and mm. risk taking and everything else, what gets kind of lost in all this? It was before everything else. These movies begin with Blade. 
Mm-hmm. With Wesley Snipes putting some money up and everyone taking a chance on a character that nobody knew. Right. And they were, the first two are really cool pictures. They are. Absolutely. It's absolutely right. Yeah. All right. So that's going to end our discussion about the Marvel movies. My planned hour podcast turned into a two hour podcast. So we're going (laughs) to, we're going to, um, we're gonna. We're not gonna do any listener questions because we're gonna save that for n- another show. Okay. Um, and the releases already came out this week, so we're not gonna do the releases this week either. Um, so if you guys uh, want to get in touch with us, it's podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com and at talkingcomics on Twitter, Facebook.com/slash talkingcomics. Make sure you go to talkingcomicbooks.com and check out all the reviews, columns, and news that go up there, as well as our um, bevy of podcasts. Uh, <laughs> Stephanie Cook hosting The Misfits. Um, your last was the... Well, you did a Halloween special, right, Stephanie? We did. We talked about spooky movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, so make sure you guys check that out. Talking Valiant with Adam Shaw. Um, Talking Movies with Brian Verderosa and Chris Oliphant. They just did um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Nice. For, for Halloween. So that is up that movie. now as well. Um, talking games, which it's just so weird because it just happened. Yeah, um, last night. Yeah, you guys talked about Bayonetta. Yeah, we talked about Bayonetta two, uh, Sunset Overdrive, uh, Destiny raids, and uh, a couple of news items, including the PS4 update, the uh, DLC for Destiny coming out, and what was the third item? The Xbox One price cut. There you go. Cool. Ooh. So make sure Ooh. you guys check that out. Uh, which it's up now. Go ahead, Stephanie. Since talking games is Sunset Overdrive only for Xbox One? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But this holiday season, you can pick up the Xbox One with Sunset Overdrive for $350. Thanks, I'll pass. Um, So, so yeah. So, my personal Twitter is at Bobby Shortle. Steve? Mine is at dead underscore anchorus. Stephanie? I'm at Hello Cookie. Justin? I'm at Jerok, J-O-R-O-A-K. Bob, that email address. Bob Breyer at TalkingComicBooks.com. And Bob, before I go into the end, do you have anything, any extra things you want to add before the end? Nope, I threw my blade thing in. I'm done. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So um, that's going to do it for the Talking Comics podcast for this week. For Steve. Happy Halloween. Bob. Boo. Stephanie. Boo, blah, blah. And Justin. (laughs) Goodbye. I have been Bobby. Until next time on Talking Comics, to be continued. (laughs) 